0: Hey, welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. We're so glad you're tuned in. Uh, We have a special guest with us for today's podcast. We have Pastor Robbie Hilton from East Tennessee at Calvary Church. Make sure you're leaning in, you're tuning in to hear what God has for you. Let's go. So if you have a Bible, let's go to Romans chapter 5 today. Romans chapter 5. I want to talk to you from this thought today, what to do when the storm will not stop. Um, so many of us are familiar with the story of Jesus where he speaks to the storm and he tells it to be still, and the storm stops. But there are stories in the Bible where he doesn't speak to the storm, and the only thing that ends the storm is the end of the storm. And uh, I wonder if there are some people maybe in the room today, maybe watching online, who are going through something that feels like it is never going to end. And I want to talk to you today about what to do when you're in the middle of something that will not seem to stop. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask over these moments that we have together that you would speak something so clear to us that it would transform us and change us from the inside out. We wanna leave this place different than how we came in. As a matter of fact, that's always been your plan, that we would come to your house and leave a different way. In the Old Testament, there's a story that the people of God, they would enter in through the East Gate, but when they left the service, they couldn't go back through the East Gate. They had to go through the West Gate. Why? Because it has always been your design that we would leave your house in a different way than we came into your house. And so we just go ahead and give you glory right now, because you are going to speak something that's going to change direction for us today. In Jesus name we pray. And everybody said, amen. You know, it's a really difficult time to have hope. And I think Especially for Christians, sometimes we can get lost in the idea of hope because hope becomes more of a concept and a construct than, a, than an actual person that we put our faith in. And I think very often we lose hope because we put our hope maybe in some outcome that we expect in, in the way things are going to work out, in the way God is going to do it. And how many of you have served God just long enough? I, I think if you've been serving God for maybe six weeks, you understand this very often God does exactly the opposite of what you ask him to do. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So this is the God that you serve, get used to it. This is kind of how it works. The, the, the Old Testament put it this way, men have plans and God laughs at our plans. So I wanna to talk to you today about this because I think that so much of what uh, happens in our life, our frustrations come because maybe we expect things from God we shouldn't really expect from God. Maybe, we, maybe we've been believing him to do something, and, and yes, he can do it, but he doesn't want to do it. So what do you do? This is, this is going to slap some of you sideways today. What do you do when God doesn't want to do what you want him to do? See, when he comes to Moses in the Old Testament in Exodus, and he tells him, he says, hey, when you go to Pharaoh, do all of this. And Moses turns to him, he says, hey, God, One thing, he's like, when I go talk to him, who do I tell him that you are? And God says something so powerful. He says, tell him, he says, I am that I am. And very often when we hear that priest, somebody will say to us, so that means that God is gonna be whatever you want God to be. No, that doesn't mean that. It means that God will be whoever he wants to be. He will do it however he wants to do it. Come on, anybody in the room just like, he's God and I'm not. So that I want to take you to a story to help you with this. In Acts chapter 27, Paul finds himself in a storm that will not end, in a situation that seems like it will not end. In Acts chapter 27, Paul has actually been uh, captured. He is a prisoner. He has been taking, uh, He has been taken to Rome as a prisoner. And he has pleaded as a Roman citizen, he wants to take his case before Caesar. So they're taking him on this journey to Rome and he's getting ready to stand before Caesar. And so they go on this journey. And while they're in the middle of this journey, as soon as they start this journey, a matter of fact, the wind begins to pick up and they get delayed and they find themselves kind of stuck, wanting to go, not knowing what to do. The weather doesn't look good. The conditions aren't good. It doesn't look like a smart move to go forward, but they end up doing it anyway. So here's what the Bible says in Acts chapter 27. And let's just jump down into verse nine. It said, much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the day of atonement. So Paul warned them. He said, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo into our own lives. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, he followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Now drop down to verse 13. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. They weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. But before long, a hurricane force wind called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along as we passed to the lee of a small island. Now let's drop down to verse 21. If I read this whole story, it'll take up all my time. So we're going to verse 21. It says this, So after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. Anybody just want to just thank God for the captain obvious is in your life. Like the people who just constantly remind you of if you would have listened to me, we wouldn't even be here. But I'm thankful for Paul, right? He says that, but he doesn't stop there. He says that, listen, I don't want you to lose your courage. Verse 22, but now I urge you to keep up your courage. Don't lose your hope because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood by me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith that God will do it just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. In other words, he says, God's going to do something great, but we're also going to crash. And that's what I came to preach to you today. God's going to do something great, but you're also going to crash sometimes. See, there are things that God will change in your life, and I'm not going to go to my grave with with any request that I kept in my mouth. I'm going to ask God for everything that I desire in this life, but I'm also going to trust that God is going to give me only the things that he has for my life. I don't want, listen to me, I don't want anything that God doesn't want from me because I don't have the grace to handle it. So there are some things that God will change, but there are also some things that God won't change and we must endure. God doesn't stop every storm. What do you do when it won't end? The scripture teaches us that faith isn't just about believing God to do big things, but it's also believing God over a long period of time. Faith just doesn't move mountains. It also helps you walk over the mountain. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so we need to learn how to trust God. That's why I thought the song we just sang was so perfect for today. So they start the journey, the wind blows, and the storm refuses to stop. They get behind schedule. They start to make bad decisions, and they decide to go on anyway. Hmm. Paul said, In Romans, right, he says, suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character and character, hope. I heard someone say years ago, they said, hope isn't a strategy. I actually beg to differ. Sometimes hope is the only strategy I have left right? Because it seems to me that Paul is saying, after you have suffered, after you have persevered, after that perseverance has developed character in you, then now you have the proper kind of hope. I don't want to hope in stuff. I don't want to put my hope in things. I don't want to put my hope in people. I don't want to put my hope in outcomes. The psalmist said, I put my hope in God. So I want to put my hope in God today. And what I found out about God just Especially even recently in my life, is that every time I'm in something that I don't understand, God is never really recognized, He is only revealed. I, I never recognize him in, in the thing that I, I don't understand. I never recognize him in the thing that won't stop. I never recognize him when the pain won't end. He's only revealed to me in those situations. In Daniel, the Bible says he was the fourth man in the fire. In Ezekiel, the Bible says he was a wheel in the middle of a wheel. And in in Exodus, the Bible says that he was in a, in a bush and the bush was on fire, but it would not burn. Every time we think we have figured God out, he shows us something about himself that we never understood before. And I think what God is trying to teach us when things won't end, he's trying to teach us that I have parts of me that you've never experienced that I want to show you that are going to give you a fuller picture of what's happening in your life so that you can fulfill your purpose. Now, the disciples are are an interesting group of people. They've seen Jesus do a lot of things. Um, Paul never walked with Jesus, but he has heard the stories. He's experienced Jesus firsthand. He's had a revelation of Jesus, and the disciples are following Jesus. And and we see that the disciples in in Mark chapter 4 have an an encounter with Jesus that's that's really interesting. They're, They're on a boat with Jesus, they're in the middle of a storm with Jesus, and he's sleeping in the middle of this storm. Now, they have already seen Jesus in Mark chapter 2. He healed a man who was a paralytic. In Mark chapter 3, Jesus had healed a man whose hand was withered. And in Mark chapter 4, they find themselves on this boat that Jesus is in. He's sleeping in this boat, and they're losing their minds because they think he doesn't care about their lives. You ever felt that way? Like, God, do you see what's happening right now? Do you know, like, have the angels informed you, like, What's going on with me right now? And they're they're, they're, they're having a panic attack, and Jesus wakes up. He sees the storm. He says, Peace to the storm. He rebukes their faith. They look at each other and they go, Who is this? Why? Because when you're in the middle of something you don't understand, He is never recognized, He is only revealed. Think about this in Matthew chapter 14. The Bible says that the disciples are on a boat again. Here's the lesson of the day. Don't get on boats. I like I just, (laughs) there's your lesson. So they're they're on another boat. They're in the the middle of another storm. Jesus has sent them to go across to this body of water and he's going to catch up with them later. And they're struggling in the storm. Jesus comes walking on the water in the storm. And when they see him, the Bible says they don't recognize him. They look at each other and go, it's a ghost. And Jesus has to let them know, no, this is me. Don't be afraid. I think if we're not careful, we will know some things about Jesus and we'll be currently frustrated with Jesus because he isn't showing up the way we've always known him to show up. And what he's trying to tell you today is I wanna do something different in your life. I wanna reveal a part of me that you don't see yet but once you see it, it'll bring the comfort that you're, you're looking for. In, in, in the life of John the Baptist, John the Baptist is one of my favorite characters in the Bible, and, and he's one of those guys that sometimes what you know about God is actually the thing that frustrates you most about God. You ever thought, I know you can, but why won't you? This is John, John, John who is in the womb of his mother, and the Bible says that Mary, who's carrying Jesus, she comes to visit with Elizabeth, her cousin, and while she's visiting, the baby leaps in her womb, and Elizabeth actually says to Mary, she says, the baby in my womb leaped for joy at your greeting. Now, years later, John would be, John would be uh, in, his, in his 20s, 30s, he's, he's there, and he's on the scene, he's working, and the Bible says that he sees Jesus, and he goes, behold the lamb, that takes away the sins of the world. How many of you would believe that John had a pretty good revelation of who Jesus, Jesus is? If he's leaping in the womb and he sees him and he says, behold the lamb who takes away the sins of the world, I would say he's got a pretty good revelation of who Jesus is, but just a little time passes and John finds himself in a prison cell that it doesn't seem like he's getting out of, And the Bible says that he sends a message to Jesus through some disciples and says, are you the one? Or should we be looking for somebody else? Why is this? It's because when you get in something you don't understand, you forget everything that God has already (laughs) revealed himself to be. You forget, and so you can never allow your situation to rob you of the revelation that you have, that God, yes, God is good. Yes, God is faithful. Yes, God provides. But maybe in this situation, he's doing something totally different. So they send message back and they're like, hey, John, um, good news, he's the guy, but you're not getting out. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, he's setting prisoners free, he's opening, opening blinded eyes, he's just not setting this prisoner free. Not yet, anyway. Can you imagine John in his frustration, not understanding this? He, he ends up, why am I laughing? He ends up like being beheaded, He dies, (laughs) this is crazy. So can you imagine though, as Jesus, the Bible says Jesus, Ephesians says that Jesus led captivity captive. So there's a point in the story of Jesus where the Old Testament saints, those who Hebrews talks about having died yet not seeing the promise, they see Jesus. Can you imagine as John, head reattached by the way, sees Jesus and he takes the captives, and leads them out. Can you imagine? He, he dies thinking God didn't do what I thought he was going to do, only to open up his eyes and see Jesus isn't just the lamb that takes away the sins of the world, but now he sees the resurrected Jesus fulfilling every single promise in his life. I just came to tell somebody God is going to do it. It might not happen how you want it to happen, and it might not come in the schedule that you have planned out. But God is going to do it. How many people in the room believe that God is faithful today? He's just faithful. He's just faithful. And so there are times when you go through stuff and you're like, God, I know you can do this, but I'm just frustrated because I don't see how you're doing it. Wow. So in Acts 27, 24. Paul says this, let me give you some practical advice today for what to do when the storm won't stop. Acts 27, 24, the Bible says that Paul, after a few days, he tells him, man, you guys should eat something and you guys should have listened to me, but also everything's gonna be okay. We're gonna make it through this. The storm isn't gonna stop. The boat is gonna crash, but we are going to be okay. And I love this thought because This reminds me of my life so much. Paul said, an angel of the Lord of whom I serve came and stood by me and told me we're going to be okay. Have you ever, think about this, there are some times in your life that you have been spared. Not because you've been going the right way. Can you admit that sometimes God has spared your life because you have been following people who are going the right way? You have been connected to somebody who is going the right way. The worst thing you can do when you are going through something you don't understand is to disconnect yourself from people who are really following Jesus. Because Paul said, he said to them, he said, the only way you don't make it through this is if you disconnect from the boat. They were trying to jump ship. They were trying to get on the lifeboat. They were trying to find another way out. And Paul said, you need to tell these men that if they jump ship, they won't make it. But if they stay on this boat, they are going to be okay. Why? Because I have a purpose for my life. I have to get to Rome. And God promised me that everybody on this boat with me is going to survive. Some, have you ever gotten on a plane and been like, man, this one ain't going down. I know God's got too much to do with that person yet. Yeah, you're you're like, you don't feel that much confidence about yourself, but you look at somebody else, you're like, man, we're gonna stay up today. <laughs> I mean, because you just know that there is so much for God to do and you have to have that mindset with your life. Yes, life is a vapor. Yes, life is fleeting. Yes, life goes fast, but we underestimate what God can do over a long period of time in our life. We have to look at our situation and say, this isn't the final say. This is not my final destination because God told me that I was getting to Rome and if God said I'm getting to Rome, then I'm gonna make it to Rome. I don't know how I'm getting out of this i don't know if i'm gonna get carried into rome thrown into rome blown by a storm into rome but i'm making it to rome That's what i do know it's what i do know about god he's gonna fulfill his word and i love it because paul goes hey i know we're gonna get there because i still have to stand trial he's like we're not gonna die in this because i'm gonna die another way that's honestly it's the point of the christian life to so die to ourselves, yeah. right, yeah. to live for the purpose of God. Yeah. So he says, I, "I can't, I can't die here because I got to get to this trial. This is not my old. This is not how I. This is not how God told me this is going to end for me. You got to hold on to that because sometimes you can't recognize Him. He's only revealed." So, Paul tells him in Acts 27 and 22, he says, Now I urge you, he says, Keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. I came to tell somebody today it's only the ship, it's not you, it's only the ship. Sometimes you hear things cracking around you and the foundations of things that you thought were going to last for forever, relationships, you know, things that you put a lot of investment into, you put a lot of time and energy into, and you thought those things were going to last forever. and You start to hear the, hear the cracking around you of those things breaking, and sometimes those things break, and sometimes those things fall apart. Not because you didn't try, not because you didn't put in the effort, not because you didn't put in the work. Sometimes they just fall apart. Sometimes God allows things to break apart to save you. At the end of this story, what happens is the ship falls apart. And when the ship falls apart, it actually is the thing that rescues them. The thing that you're trying to keep together. God's trying to tear it apart to save your life. Some of y'all need to go ahead and let God tear it all down so that you can be saved. You're trying to hold on to stuff God has rejected. It's like, it's like Samuel in the Old Testament. In 1 Samuel 16, God comes to Samuel and he says, hey, listen, um, I need you to stop mourning over Saul because I have rejected him in your life. And Samuel's frustrated because Samuel had put a lot of time and energy into Saul. He had really tried with Saul. He tried to make it work with Saul. He, he did everything he could to, to help Saul. But Saul ended up failing in his life. And God comes to him and he says, listen, you've got to stop mourning. You've got to stop weak being because I rejected that thing in your life. I let it fall apart not to hurt you, not to harm. It wasn't you breaking. It was only the ship. That's what I came to tell some of you today. It's not you. It's only the ship. It's only the things that you put your confidence in that weren't God. It's only the stuff that you made an investment in that wasn't God. It's only the stuff that you stayed up all night for that wasn't God. And God is trying to redirect your life and say, stop putting your hope in them. Stop putting your hope in it. Stop putting your hope in things. Start putting your hope in me. Paul or or David said this. He said, "Why, my soul, are you so downcast within me?" He said, "I will put my hope in God." He was so downcast because he was putting his hope in his circumstance, in his situation, changing, in an expected outcome that he just—it's always gonna—it's gonna work like this. And God's like, "No, it's not gonna work that way. It's gonna be different, but it's gonna be good." You gotta stop living your life like you're missing something. Like that like the God is withholding something from you that you don't have something that you need to accomplish your purpose. Peter said it this way. He said, you have everything that you need that pertains unto life and godliness. You're not missing anything. If God needed you to have it, you'd have it. Come on, somebody. And some of you are in this room, you're living life like you're missing something, like you're waiting for something to happen when God has already given you access to everything you need to be who he needs you to be today. And when you wake up tomorrow, you'll have brand new mercy in the morning and you'll wake up to everything you need tomorrow to be who God needs you to be tomorrow. And when you wake up five months from now, you'll have everything in five months. You got to hear me today, because if not, you'll live with this frustration with God. He's not doing what I want him to do, how I want him to do it. It's not happening on my time schedule. It's not coming the way I thought it was going to come. I'm not I'm not progressing the way I thought it was going to progress. And you'll live so much of life. You'll be in your 30s and be like, man, I should have accomplished so much more. In your 40s, man, I should have done so much more by this time. In your 50s, and that's a terrible way to live life. You have everything you need. You have it. You have it. So he says, it's only the ship. It's only the ship. Acts 27, verse 31 through 32, Paul says to the centurion and the soldiers, he says, unless these men stay with the ship, they won't be saved. So what did the soldiers do? The the Bible says they were trying, some of them were trying to sneak off and get into the lifeboat. And The Bible says that when they heard this word from Paul, it says, So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Sometimes you have to cut the ropes to your backup plan. I'm here to challenge some people today that some of you, you still have a backup plan. You're not all in on Jesus. You're not all in. You're in as long as it works. You're in as long as it's cool. You're in as long as your friends are in, but you're not all in. You haven't said, you know what? I don't have a lifeboat. There's nothing else for me to go back to. There's no alternative. I was telling Pastor Julia this morning, I was like, in my 30s, I had this backup plan when it came to ministry. I I was really good at golf and I thought I was good enough like like if this doesn't work out or I just stop enjoying this maybe I can and and wouldn't you know it like my golf game got progressively worse and worse and worse it was as if God was saying nope so I had to cut that lifeboat (laughs) that backup plan Jesus is talking to the disciples one day and he says to him, he says, hey, listen, uh, everybody's leaving. Are you gonna leave too? And they look at Jesus and they're like, where else are we gonna go? Only you have the words of eternal life. We've got no backup, man. This is it. Anybody in the room you've just decided? This is it. Let me give you this before I let you go. Let me give you three expectations that are robbing you of your joy. I want us to get our expectations up, but I want us to expect the right things, biblical things. And sometimes we get so frustrated because we're expecting unbiblical things. Let me give you real quick, three expectations that are robbing you of your joy. First of all, things should be easier. I just tell you, things don't get easier. As you grow up, you just get more responsibility. As you get older, now you've got grandkids. Things are not easier. Things are better, but they're not easier. Easier does not always equal better the things that have the most value in my life, I worked hard for, I sacrificed for, I trusted God for. Easier isn't always better. Number two, I should always be happy. (laughs) Happiness and fulfillment are not the same thing. You can have days where you're sad and you just don't feel great. But that doesn't mean you're unfulfilled. And if you don't understand that, you'll think that when you're not happy, you're unfulfilled and you need to change your direction. You need to change your church. You need to change your friends. You need to change your relationships. You need to get out of this and move on to something else. No, you could be unhappy and very fulfilled. (laughs) You know what's bad for you is the unrealistic expectation that you should always be happy. Because all that does is call shame. You ever had somebody, you're like, man, I'm just not feeling it today. And they're like, oh, you should be. Your life could be so much worse than it is right now. You could be this person on a ventilator. (laughs) You're like, sorry, my coffee was cold. I just was just was not happy with that. Like, I'm not like in full on depression. I'm just saying, bro, I'm just not happy. That doesn't work, does it? Ever. You should be. All that does is lead to comparison. I I can't compare my life with anybody else because I don't have the grace to do what they're doing, no matter how big or small it is. Number three, people should appreciate me more. (laughs) This one is very prevalent in church. What I found out is that people will never understand how much it costs you to do what you do. Even if they do what you do, they don't know how much it costs you to do what you do. I'm the most reluctant preacher on planet earth. This is not what I wanted to do with my life. But I'm doing it because I'm just literally trusting God that, this is the plan he has for me. This is where he is opening doors. This is where the wind of God is blowing in my life. This is where God is providing for me. This is where God is using my family and, 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 and fulfilling purpose in my children. So I'm trusting God with that. It's not what I wanna do every day when I wake up. Why? Because this, this brings me a lot of anxiety, like standing in front of people. I ran out of, a, out of a speech in high school. I was so scared, crying in front of everybody. And this is what I have to do for a life. but people don't understand what it costs you to do what you do and if you're waiting for them to understand that you'll be waiting for the rest of your life Yes, it's good. Yes, we should honor one another. The Bible teaches us to outdo one another in showing honor. Please tell everybody that did anything today, you did a great job and that helps. But have you ever noticed that no matter how great that gratitude is that is shown from people, it always fades and you go looking for more. Even if you get it from the one person in life you've always wanted it from, take it from somebody who had this one person who you wanted them to notice you wanted them to recognize you and they finally did and you go that did nothing for me why because we first of all we were not made to receive praise we were made to give it so every time we're praised if we don't turn that into a praise it turns into pride in our life but we were really only meant to be affirmed by God So there are people in this room, you're looking for affirmation from people. And I hope you get some of that. But I can tell you this, it's not going to fix you and that need. The only person who can fix that desire for more affirmation and love and acceptance is God. And guess what? You already have it. It's already yours. They're robbing you. I should be happy every day. I should be happy all the time. People don't appreciate what I do. Expecting that is hurting you and harming you. But if you wake up every day with the expectation, like Paul said, God is going to get me through this. Yeah, we might crash. We might wreck, but you know what God's gonna do? God's gonna use the pieces of that wreckage to save my life. God is going to make a way. That's why when Romans says he takes all things and works them together for the good of them that love God and are called to according to his purpose, you can trust that word. Can somebody in the room say amen today? I can trust that God will do what he said he would do. Let me give you one more thought. Please don't live your life on a word that God didn't give you. Please don't. Because you'll find yourself trying to do stuff that God spoke to somebody else to do, but it doesn't work for you. In the Old Testament, it looked like this. God came and for the people of God, he separated the waters and they walked through those waters on dry ground. And Pharaoh's up on the hill and he looks around and he says, hey, if they did it, we can do it too. And he tries to walk through the same waters and the same waters that stayed open for the children of God collapsed on him. Could it be that some of you feel like you're drowning right now because you're trying to walk through something that somebody else got a word to walk through, but not you? In the New Testament, it looks like this. Jesus, when he's walking on the water and they think he's a ghost, and Peter says, hey, if it's you, tell me to come on the water and, Jesus says, hey, come on out. Peter jumps out of the boat, starts to stumble a little bit. Jesus rescues him, gets him back in the boat. When they get back in the boat, the Bible says that Jesus rebuked Peter, not the other disciples who stayed in the boat. So many times that gets preached like, man, don't be one of those guys that just stay in the boat. No, no, no. Unless Jesus tells you to get out of the boat, bruh, stay in the boat. And some of you are like jumping out of the boat thinking that you're just supposed to follow Peter's example. Hey, 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 unless God tells you to get out of the boat, stay in the boat. Don't live your life on a word God did not give you. So Father, in Jesus' name, we pray today. We ask you that you would help us to have a biblical hope a biblical expectation that you will do, you will be who you said you would be. We don't understand how you will or what you will do or what timetable you will do it on, but we know that we can trust you with our lives. Anytime you ask something from us, it's not to hurt us or to harm us, it's to give us something better. So we thank you, God, that we can trust you for something better. It might not be easier, but it will be better. It might not be what we asked for, but it will be better. It might not be when we want it, but it will be better. And today we just want to stand on our feet and put our hands together. God, and we just want to thank you for the fact that it will be better. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen.